This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Nadev Desai, who's head of sales at PSG Wealth, is on the line as he has been over the last few weeks. We're really trying to get everybody aligned to a financial goals. It's new year, it can be a new you. Uh, you know, if you just uh, to put certain things into place. We've spoken about investment, but also important to speak about the issue of saving. And I think South Africa's savings culture has been spoken about endlessly. And that's what Nadev joins us to chat about this evening. Nadev, good evening. Always a pleasure. Hi, Nora Tonda. Thanks for having me again. Fantastic. Nadev, we've heard the stat that only 6% of South Africans can retire comfortably and that this number actually hasn't changed much uh, over a long period of time, I think over a decade. Is this really the case? And also keen to hear from you, you know, what the reasons are that this number isn't uh, changing. I would expect it to increase considering the fact that a financial education has become so accessible. Yes. So sadly, Norton, by and large, that that statistic is true. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons that people say, well, it's pretty obvious is that, you know, over the last couple of decades, people are now living longer than ever before. If one thinks about when the idea of retirement uh, came about in the 1880s, you know, since then, uh, life expectancy has just about doubled. So I think the first reason is is quite well known that, you know, people are having to plan for retirement for a longer period. However, the, the other side of it, which is probably not, not as well known, is that people have a lot of variance around that average age of life expectancy. So, for instance, you know, in South Africa, that age of life expectancy is 65, but in the U.S. it's 77. And depending on if you have access to healthcare, et cetera, you're going to have a number in South Africa that's probably closer to that U.S. number of 77. And then the, the other side of it as well is that if you get to, say, 65 years old, what is called conditional life expectancy, one is actually expected to live a bit longer than what the average is. So if a South African citizen were to get to, say, 65, there will be men will be, for instance, expected to get to age 82 and women to age 86. So if you are planning for retirement and for various scenarios, if you were planning 30 years ago and you were planning to, to, to retire for a 10 or 15 year period, now you actually need to start thinking about planning for 25 or 30 years. And the younger generation today probably needs to think about 30 to 40 years in retirement. And that is actually a, quite a frightening stat if you think about people are working for about the same time now as they're going to spend in retirement. Wow. And that does mean that that 6% number is, 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 is struggling to budge. That is a very uh, sobering stat you give us uh, there. I also want to talk about saving. Asset Manager 91, they've come out to mention that the latest stats from National Treasury shows that household deposits in banks in South Africa exceed 1.7 trillion rand, which is quite a number, I would say. Is this a number that is true? Uh, You know, is it uh, people who typically uh, put their money in savings? What other options could they be doing with that, you know, considering that that sits in savings and saving and investment aren't necessarily the same thing. Yeah, 100%. So, so, you know, savings in household deposits is definitely something that, that is the foundation of, of an economy. 
But what we do know is that that 1.7 trillion rand is often touted as being two to three times what is expected to be the norm for household deposits in an economy like South Africa. And typically that would mean then almost a trillion rand should be invested for growth. And thus investors are probably saving themselves poor by putting their money proverbially under the mattress because they're not getting access to real inflation beating returns. They may be able to, in bank deposits, keep up with inflation, but definitely not after tax. And so this is a perfect example of if, if we're talking about retirement, people have time on their side. They can take advantage of of, of, of uh, the compounding benefit of, of assets like equities and other growth assets and achieve that 6% above inflation that they're not going to get in other types of asset classes. And Adele, we know that life happens. Uh, you know, people often try to save and things come up. It can be uh, emergencies. It can be school fees, holidays, uh, even, uh, you know, uh, just Im- immediate household needs. And that can lead to retirement taking a back seat. Let's talk about that. You know, how one can ensure that they actually successfully save uh, for these multiple needs, which are all important. 100%. So, I think you know people often get to the point where they say, I'm going to say for a specific goal, let's say that is retirement. And then, like you say, life gives you lemons. And this is where you, know, you actually need to think about a set of financial goals that is encompassed in a holistic financial plan as working harmoniously together with one another. So that when life happens and life does happen, you, know, you don't get derailed or one of your plans, your goals that you have doesn't get derailed such as let's say you are planning for your retirement goals and then you have your kids growing up and then closer to retirement, you suddenly find that you're not without a car because your children are growing into adults and they want to explore the world. And suddenly, you know, what you've been planning to save for retirement and now has to go to serving an immediate need for a car in your life. So being able to think about these goals that you will need now and into the future, um, it's, it's important to have a holistic financial plan to address those. Is there an opportunity uh, when markets are cheap to invest and make up any shortfall? Uh, for instance, in 2020, in March 2020, how can we forget that period of death? It was a traumatizing yeah. time. You know, investors uh, who timed their entry would have almost doubled uh, their money uh, in a few months there when markets did eventually recover. You know, that's absolutely true. You know, we, we know that it was the fastest fall in market markets, but it was also the fastest recovery that markets ever experienced. And so, you know, the the, 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 the those who are, are, are opportunistic would be thinking, you know, if I had gotten in at the bottom of the markets, I could have, mm. could have made uh, quite a bit of money. Um, however, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily the case that you're going to get it right all the time. And very, very few investors got it right at that time. So, you know, probably one of the best uh, investment gurus of our lifetime was Warren Buffett. And if you think about him as, as being of one of those idols in our, in, in, in our generation, even he didn't achieve um, a return of above 20% per annum over his lifetime. You know, and in, and more importantly, over his lifetime, he had long extracted periods where he had negative returns. But he knows that he need, needed to be invested in markets, and time in the markets is what counts. You know, there there are several stats that talk about, for instance, just missing out on the ten best days. For instance, over the last ten years would have halved your returns. And that's what happens if you're trying to time the market and then trying to get in, for instance, at the bottom of the sell-off in March 2020. You would be waiting, and before you know it, the market would have recovered. So it's best not to try to time the market because you will save yourself poor.
Another interesting one I think uh, that we often hear of Nadev is many people say South Africa is uninvestable. And actually, over the last few years, we've seen the RAND lose a lot of its value, I think, between 40 and 50 percent against the US dollar. We've actually seen uh, US stocks and markets uh, performing way better uh, than our own. And so for people who are looking to uh, look outside of South Africa for investment, is that a good idea? You know, it's very understandable that investors would want to to look at alternatives. Um, you know, we we trying to eke out every bit out of our our hard earned rands. Um, so, so maybe I'll answer this in two ways. So there is a perception that the rand has collapsed relative to the U.S. dollar over the last say ten years. And I mean, we've heard many in media, etc., talking about this being the last decade for South Africa. But in fact, instead, it has actually performed in line with the average of what are called the OECD, OECD countries. And in fact, in very much um, in the middle of what many European currencies have devalued relative to the, to, to the U.S. dollar. So it was rather the strengthening of the U.S. currency relative to major economies that has caused the RAND to, with, with the rest of the, 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 the economies to have their currencies weaker. And then the second thing is that there's a perception that the U.S. will always do well. And that is typically something that will probably um, be at top of mind for, for, for more recent investors, that the U.S. will be a, a surefire uh, gain with, with X returns for what investors are looking for. But what many forget is that you know you 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 have examples where the U.S. currency can weaken, um, and and their markets can also weaken. For instance, in the 1970s, this was a perfect time where you have an example where the U.S. currency weakened against all major currencies, contrary to what happened in the last 10 years, where it strengthened against major currencies. And then for their stock markets, the, the S&P 500 being an example of the the major stock market in the U.S. in the 2000s. They, investors in the U.S. stock market of the S&P 500 would have achieved just about 0% or just above 0% per annum average return for that 10 years. And so the U.S. can also have a lost decade. And so, you know, I think what we should take out of that is that binary bets are not a good idea. Mm. And one needs to think about and plan around goals, think about investment strategies that are going to help you in a diversified way, reach your goals to help your money work for you and to work, make sure that you are not saving yourself poor by trying to do well, but then in the end, you are actually um, d- destructing the good plans that you could have in place. Wonderful. Dev, always a pleasure catching up with you. Also, uh, you know, just getting our Financial Freedom 101 with you. Thank you for your time this evening. Thanks so much, Lovatanda. Have a good evening. Wonderful. Go well. That's Nadev Desai, Head of Sales at PSG Wealth. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.